Okay, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's wrong. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, is my together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, I'm up next to Jack. Time out. We have Andrew on the board. We have S&P futures uh, down 31. NASDAQ futures down 124. Dow futures down 199. Except for a, a horse bleep day yesterday. So we're following up here. We're down 57 in the S&P yesterday. 214 in the NASDAQ. Is nobody like the PPI number. And uh, our buddy Carl is going to be on the second half of the show. And, uh, boy, he predicted it. And uh, uh, I'm sure we'll hear about that, Kevin. What do you think? Uh, I think he did predict it. I think he's been talking about that for a while. Um, and I think it makes sense, and I think we're just ready to hit the effects of some of the most recent spending. And, you know, the, the question I had yesterday is, is this the omnibus or is it the uh, um, is it the uh, Inflation Reduction Act kicking in? Um, and uh, I think Carl was of the opinion, I'll let him speak for itself, but I think he was of the opinion that the uh, Omnibus funded the Inflation Reduction Act. So we're starting to see it. And if, it's, if that's what it is, if it is the, uh, the, the Omnibus, it's only going to get worse because this would be like the early result of it. Well, according to um, what I am looking at here from now, of course, unbeknownst to most Americans... Oh, uh, before, you, before I let you go, the... the if it's not the omnibus, oh, just wait for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at now the last number we have, even though we're now well into February. The last money supply number we have from the Fed is uh, December of last year. Now they used to give this weekly, so people actually would know what they were doing. Then they said, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. Okay, then, and nobody, nobody pitched a bitch. Nobody, all the. People who who grill Jay Powell, not one of them, on a news conference said, "Hey, what the bleep? Why are you not giving us the numbers anymore?" I have two 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 basically huge bitches about this, Kevin. One is we're not getting them, and B is I know they're still compiling them, so somebody's getting them, just not everybody. Just saying, they used to, they used to get a big table every every week in the money supply, and now the la- the latest number we have is r- is roughly eight weeks ago. Now, and it shows the money supply dropping, okay, uh, which is what the Fed says that they are supposed to be doing. And yet, uh, I'm going to kick this other one up here. I'm going to look at the Fed balance sheet. But the, the, so in other words, whatever they're doing, even though they appear to be uh, doing what they say, and now we can talk with later about you know whether or not how big that number is relative to the stuff they put in. But the fact is, uh, according to the numbers now the balance sheet is a little more current uh, I say a little more current it's the last date on the balance sheet would be I think this is um, I actually did kick up a little uh, the last Wednesday uh, February 8th eight trillion four thirty five and uh, 
uh, the week before it was uh, 8,433, 8, so it ticked up just a hair. But now we're talking about the number has come down from 8.9, little over 8.9 trillion. Didn't quite make 9 trillion, down to 8, 8, million, 8, 8 4. But if you go out, I mean, we, we, we were at the beginning of COVID, roughly, and, and, and September 9th, the 9th, tuned out the 19th, let's, let's just say February 17th of 2020, we were 4.1. So we were up 4.9 in, in basically. Uh, we'll go to the top here in, in basically two years, and now in uh, a year and a half, we're down, you know, 500 billion. So we're down one eighth of what they put in the thing. So we're not exactly, you know, wrenching out there fast. Now, question is, what, uh, you know, what, what are what are we? There's still no no real. All right, what we're talking about here. I'll go back to the simplest terms. Actually, Kevin, I was explaining this last night when people were asking what these numbers mean. So it actually comes down to. Uh, is is the Fed? If they come out and said, "Look, these spending bills that Kevin and Carl are talking about," Carl wrote about Kevin's talking about. Are there's a, there's a real lot of dough in there, like a trillion five or something, Kevin, in both of them? It's it's a big number. I mean, I don't I don't exactly know. You probably know the number better than me. There's there's the there's the infrastructure bill and then there's the omnibus spending bill, right? The, the, those yep. those bills are have massive amounts of spending in them, and the government can spend money. That they don't have today, in really three three ways. One is they either tax you tomorrow for it, which nobody wants, and of course they don't want to do. And the Republicans, you know, they don't want anybody getting taxed. So, uh, but they spend money too. But anyway, they don't want to tax, so they're not going to do that. At least not not to your face. They might sneak it around somehow. And then there's the uh, the other is to just go out and borrow it. But if you just go out and borrow all that kind of money, you just drag it out of other people. It doesn't doesn't really get you too far. Not to mention the interest rates on the federal debt go way up, and since they've got twenty-some trillion dollars in debt or thirty-some, I mean that's a huge amount of money for them. The third way is for the Fed to just print the money, which they've been doing for three years, and now they claim they have stopped doing that and actually have coming coming back down on it a little bit. But we've seen no, or I haven't, haven't seen any definitive, you know, Jay Paul speech where he says, "Look at, you can pass all the spending bills you want. I'm not helping you. You better tax for it or you better borrow it because." We are not, he, he sort of has said that he's bringing this thing down, but somehow or another, uh, it sure seems like maybe they either aren't, aren't, aren't serious about it or the government, the Fed thinks, or Biden thinks, or whoever's in there, the Republican next time, whatever, thinks that they're not really serious about it, that somehow they'll, they'll find a way. I, I don't know, Kevin, but it, it sure seems like... Uh, well, isn't that where we're sitting with the debt ceiling right now? Um, well, we're, we're always... We're always sitting with We're the debt. We're going to figure out a way to uh, to spend money uh, or to to fund. Basically, it's a funding mechanism. So we're going to fin- figure out a way to raise the debt ceiling, and then we will be able to uh, we will be able to go ahead and start actually uh, spending more of the dollars that are in the omnibus. Well, that, that right now they can't borrow anymore, right? Yep, they're kind of stuck. Um, but 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 well, to me, they will negotiate a deal. They won't. Nothing's going to get cut. Uh, taxes are not going to get raised. Um, especially, ta- you know, we just got a promise that taxes would not be raised uh, on anybody who makes uh, $400,000 or less. Um, President promised the same week that they decided they're going to go after tip money. And uh, so um, I-, I guess that's not a tax hike if, they- if they're just, you know, trying to hunt people down. 
excuse me. Uh, we also had a promise that, um, uh, of course, the, all the new uh, IRS investigative capabilities would be focused on uh, on wealthy people. But we're still going after the tip money of everybody who's a server. I mean, we, this is you know we're kind of in a um, you know a, a very Orwellian doublespeak world. Um, that's why. That's why. I mean, uh, it's very difficult to. Uh, to actually argue with, well, you can argue with them on a bunch of stories, but it's very difficult to argue with the, the the Trumpers of the world when you when you say something like, I mean, actually, you know, Kevin, in my mind, I mean, I'm sure there's other people that are worse. That man is the most incredible liar uh, that I've ever that I've ever even seen on a public stage. And as a matter of fact, our, our buddy Dr. Johnson, Dr. Blade, says if you gave the guy the a lie detector test. It'd probably be a straight line across. He doesn't even know the difference. There's a psychological word for it. But when you ask somebody, how can you support the guy? <laughs> he never speaks the truth ever. Uh, their response is, no politician ever has. And you know what? I'm sure that there have been some that have spoken the truth. When I mean, you think about Truman, maybe, and some Dan Inouye, and people that you, you hold up to uh, a higher standard than the, than the people we have today. But you know what? You can't really argue with that. And George Bush, no new taxes, and Reagan. I mean, the the entire population thinks that Reagan essentially kicked off the bull market and, and great prosperity by by his great income tax decrease. When a year later they had a, they were so horrified by how the receipts they weren't getting, they had to raise taxes, the biggest tax increase ever. Nobody even remembers that was under Reagan's watch because Reagan is is, is Dutch. He's he's Mr. Teflon. And the interesting part is the first one was tax decreases to the wealthy, and the second one was tax increases to the regular people. So, I mean, the fact that, the fact that people in the middle and lower class, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disparaging Reagan. I'm just saying because he did a lot of really good things. I, I just, the, the whole tax thing is, is what we, we, we've, what is it, we, uh, when, the, when the facts conflict with the legend, print the legend, something along those lines? I mean, so... Something like that. But, they, you know, it's, it's it's there for us to see. I mean, that's that's the crazy part. Is all you have to do is look. Yeah, if the standard is going to be uh, we don't vote for politicians who lie, then we're not voting. But uh, so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about that. But by the same token, you know what what standard are we setting? And you know, I, I complain about this on a regular basis. How do we have such an uninformed electorate that we don't we just don't know that. The obvious stuff is not true. I don't. Uh, I guess we don't. We don't care. I guess. I think. I, I think a lot of it, or a piece of it. I won't say a lot of it. Is uh, I, I have it here someplace, uh, Kevin. I'll dig it out because I was cleaning up. I found it again. It was an article by somebody talking about why people are so uh, left and right, and essentially, not that they're left. How how you essentially allow other people to do your thinking for you. When what they're saying is, the average person has figured out that your vote isn't worth a squat. I mean, whether you walk down the block, I mean, one vote, really? I mean, we're not talking about, you know, a bonanza, the show where, you know, with Hoss and Little Joe running for mayor and, and they were tied and, and ben, ben, the father was going to have to cast a divided deciding vote. You see him flipping the coin in the voting booth. I mean, we're not, we're not there yet. There's some, there's some small towns, maybe, yeah, but the rest of the place, especially, you know, Illinois is a, is a blue state. Okay, it, it matters not a, not a hill of dog poop if I walk down the block and vote for president. I mean, I get that. I mean, I, and not to mention half the other people on their own opposed. 
But the so people have figured out that it's really not worth your time. I mean, it, it is for you and I because you talk to people all day long in classrooms, and and I people essentially pay me to pay pay attention to this stuff when I'm watching their money, uh, which you know which is fine. Plus, I do the show, and I and I actually am, am interested by it. But if if I had if I was 35 years old and had three kids and was going to law school at night and working all day, could I pay attention to all this crap with the obvious the obvious attempt attempt uh, you know the intent to deceive on the part of people giving it to me left or right? So what people do is they sit there and go, okay, I'm conservative or I'm liberal, and whatever falls under that category, I'm I'm for that. Which instead of reading whatever the issue is and saying, well, I'm I'm this way or that way, and I don't really care if that happens to be left or right on this issue. It's not a question of people are incapable. It's a question they don't have the time. And, and A, it's probably not worth it to them, in my opinion. I mean, that's what this article is. I, I think it's also a question of it's not that they're incapable. It's, it, it's not incapable because they don't have the ability. It's a, it's a matter of ignorance that we do not educate people in these, in these things anymore. But, what I mean, last night, just a perfect example, I stopped for a... Adult beverage over at the series we do on Thursday night. Ran to some people I know, and we've had a nice time. A couple of young people, uh, which is always good. And uh, they were asking me how. Okay, when the Fed says they raise rates and, and when they lower rates, I mean, what are they, what are they actually doing? I mean, I said, well, first of all, they don't they don't really raise rates. What they do is they look at the Fed funds number and explain how that's an interbank rate. Where at night, if one bank doesn't have enough capital or, or reserves, I won't say capital reserves, that they'll borrow it from another bank, and that that the amount that they pay for that is indicative of how much essentially money's in the pool. So what the Fed does is is withdraw or add money to the pool to where that number wanders to the the, num- the target number they're looking for. So if they say the Fed funds rate is now four, it's never exactly four. On that given night, it might be three nine nine, three nine eight, four zero one, four zero two. But if the target number is four, and their target number now is four and a half, over the next several weeks, they're going to start drawing some money out of the system. So if if uh, Citibank calls up uh, Chase and says, "By the way, I need a hundred million overnight," the number they're going to say, "Hey, man, it's not as much money as it was last week. It's four and a half tonight." So they and the, just the mechanism, I think, virtually nobody understands. And, and they didn't they didn't go to grad school in monetary theory either. So I don't, I'm not. I'm, that's why I explained it to them instead of saying you dummy because there's stuff that they know that I don't know that I don't want to be called a dummy. You just can't know everything, right? But but the the bottom line is, we have a national debt of thirty one trillion, which is and it's growing by the, the numbers are spinning while I'm watching them here, and now the 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 Democrat or the Republicans are going to say we're not going to raise the debt ceiling even though all these bills passed. Now maybe the Republicans didn't vote for them. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but that's not what they're saying, Tom. Well, sure, sure they are. But I'm saying which is say- more alarming. Well, they're not. <laughs> they're saying we we're going to negotiate a deal and there will be some spending cuts. Well, maybe there will, maybe there won't. Not really the point, but they're not saying we won't raise it. They're just they're just saying you know you, you, uh, we we got terms. Well, but the, which means we're definitely going to raise it. But, but which means right, we're definitely but, going to have to fund it. But the, the terms essentially are the whole idea of negotiating. In my mind, is is horse bleep. When I say that, the mechanism again, the mechanism. Well, you, you're aligned with the president then because he said he's not going to negotiate. Well, what I'm saying is the. When Republicans were in office, they passed a tax decrease, okay? And it was surely aimed for the upper people. And that's, uh, by the way, I'd love a tax decrease. So it's not like, uh, 
it was aimed at the upper people, and the Republicans had enough votes to jam it through Congress. Okay? Democrats didn't want it. Now, whether they should have or whether they should have, the fact is, every vote now is what? All Democrat on one side and all Republican on the other, which is another problem we can talk about forever, but we won't today. So, all, so the Democrats don't want it. All right, so then, now this guy comes in, and he votes for this massive spending bill. None of the Republicans want it, and when they control the House, and but they get outvoted because they don't control the House, and every Republican said, so now you come up, the stage has flipped. So now the Republicans control the House, and, and in Trump's situation, the Democrats now control the House. So you come up to this spending bill, and you say, okay, we got to raise the spending bill because of these bills we, we passed, and they're saying, I didn't pass it. So by the way, the time before, the Democrats say, well, you got to do something on this taxes because, by the way, we didn't like this bill in the first place, and now we're not going to raise the spending limit that your bill caused. So it's a it's a second it's a second shot at the apple, and now the second now the Republicans are in control in the House, so they're telling Biden, hey, look, we didn't vote for all this spending, and now you because of your spending, we are now getting to this uh, spending limit. And so, by the way, if you want us to help you with the spending limit, you got to cut back on some of the bill, which we'd like you to done in the first place. Where am I wrong? Well, just one area where I, where I want to say you're wrong, and because you you always fail to bring this up when you say they passed a tax cut that was clearly aimed at the rich. And that is that uh, every single taxpayer, every single individual taxpayer, got the uh, um, exemption, the personal and/or the family exemption, um, uh, doubled, which was a significant tax cut for everybody. And it is a straight-up tax cut with no questions asked for the two-thirds of, uh, of uh, filers who do not itemize. Okay. So and let's not. Keep leaving that out of the story. Okay, that but last I, part, all right, well, it, that last tax cut had a significant impact. I want to say, I remember, oh, some some podcast host or another who was complaining that they didn't tell people to, to withhold enough extra. Um, I'm going to say, they just change the withholding the, schedules. The, just as the uh, COVID thing under Trump and Biden gave everybody a check of what it, what did it come for. Uh, what did it end up being, Kevin? It was twelve hundred, then five hundred, then another twelve hundred. Was it? What was it like three grand total? Uh, Twenty five, somewhere in there. I'm going to say, okay, Trump and Biden sent me a check. The entire amount of dough that was spent on the giving people money during COVID, even though you're right, every man. Yeah, every, we're not talking about COVID. We're talking about the tax cut. I'm saying, the the percentage of money in the tax cut. Of, of what they did for every man versus they did for the other people, I'm going to say it was 25%. Did I tell you that there, that there was uh, no benefit for other people? I just got you always leave that part out. Okay, I, I did that, leave it. That was my point. But you I, always leave, I leave that part out. Every single time you leave that part out. I leave that part out, and I also leave out the part that in the, the inflation, the ensuing inflation from the last three years, virtually every taxpayer is up is up a bracket, and that money is now... Probably, probably, even though they got that tax cut, they're probably down on the day in terms of percentage. I won't argue with that either. So, whatever it is, you end under both parties, Kevin. You end up getting screwed if you're a regular person. That's why we have no middle class anymore. Yeah, I'm not a fan of them. I'm 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 not a fan of you in a party. But what our point was is is this thing about the the debt ceiling is essentially a second shot at the apple. For whatever the party is that didn't like the bill before, is isn't it? 
Well, it, it is, and you know, heck, I, you know, I don't. I, I'm not defending either side. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm just. Yeah, I get prickly when we don't report the whole story. Well, I, well you know what? I'm, 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 by the way, I'm not criticizing that. If 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 I'm, I think <laughs> the Republicans have every right to say, "Look what your bill did. Look how much you're borrowing, you idiot." I, mean, I don't have any. I honestly don't have any problem with that. Oh, and, and, and the pro- the big problem that we have with that, the bigger problem, more than anything else, I think, is that it, as it, it, as 2020 rolled around and we were reopening the economy that it was going to come back no matter what we you know if, if by just by doing nothing there was going to be a lot to come back and i am certain because of all the spending that there would have been more inflation than we like by a long shot i have no doubt about that but the economy was going to come back people were going to go back to work uh some businesses were going to reopen those that didn't you know, get killed when we lock them down. Uh, some businesses were going to open owned by wealthier people because it was a huge wealth transfer that we did. But it, everything was going to look better. And all the Biden administration, all the Biden people had to do was do nothing and take credit oh, yeah. for everything good that happens. And they didn't. No. you got to be constantly... Foolishly, they went and spent a ton more money. Well, but it's it's not just the spending; it's it's who do they give it to? Just like, the, you know, and and, and, the, and the, the culprits. When you talk about truth in government, the the idea that somehow your your office of management and budget, you could look at the Trump tax cut and have this bizarre idea that because you're going to save money for people, that over a ten year period, it's actually going to be accretive to the tax receipts, Kevin. That's, that's that's one of the, 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 the top three lies in the world, right? We know what the other ones are, <laughs> you know. Uh, and you know, and then 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 the Biden thing, we're going to spend all this money on infrastructure, but don't worry, it's really kind of a loan because in ten years, all the stuff we're spending is going to come back to us in spades. Kevin, how, how do you get? Yeah, hey, and we did a nice job with that uh, rail infrastructure, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, you know, I don't know what. Uh, I don't, I don't. I don't know how. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a railroad guy than most, but I, I don't understand how we, we can. Uh, I know that you know you can have a derailment from a condemned wheel. I mean, it can happen. I don't know how fast that train was going for all those tra- all those things to derail. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the, we don't have any any cabooses anymore. And for those sit there and go, well, what, what does this this old old guy want to do with cabooses? Well, I mean, the caboose's job was to was to look for problems on the train that went by him. And to look for problems on the tracks the other way. It was an observational issue. Now, whether you know this could have been if, if whatever was wrong with the track, may, did somebody sabotage the track? I mean, I, you know, I, I doubt it. Hope not. But uh, you know, the idea that they that they uh, they all kept going. I mean, how many how many derailed? Like it was like dozens, wasn't it? It's was a huge number. Well, that and then of course we had the uh, uh, Secretary of Transportation out. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, Yesterday, say, you know, just kind of poo-pooing it. You know, well, this one's getting all the uh, publicity, but um, but as it turns out, but we have about a thousand of these a year, and I am sure that was just a, a good thing that for the people that live there to hear. Hey, no big deal, just one of a thousand a year. Well, I mean, when he turns about, when he turns about a, a derailment, has been the worst. I, I I thought he would be fairly benign as the uh, uh, transportation secretary, but he's been god. Well, I mean, if you if you actually 
talk about derailments. You can talk about, uh, I mean, it could be, and the CTA say, you could say there's, you know, I don't know what the number is, 200 derailments a year. Well, 198 of them are one wheel in a, in a yard somewhere because somebody didn't flip the switch right. It's not the same as the thing barreling along at 70 miles an hour and a whole train leaving the track. In the world, yeah, barreling along at 70 miles an hour with toxic chemicals. Well, I, well, the limit for freight is supposed to be 55. But uh, um, see, I know that, Kevin, because um, we don't have any Class Seven rail anymore. It's all Class Five, and I think the limit for for rail is or for freight is 55 for passengers, 79. We had Class Seven rail. I think passenger can go 110 or something, which is pretty quick. Um, there's a, there's a massive science to railroading, but it's it's all about maintenance. It's all about, uh, I mean, I was, when I was driving back from, uh, I went and bought a truck and did some skiing years ago, and I uh, stopped for a, well, stopped to sleep in Ogallala, Nebraska, of all places. And, you know, you're not supposed to, I mean, I don't, I don't really look at dudes very much, but this guy's playing one of those bar gambling games. And I see the guy's arms, Kevin, I'm going, God, this guy looks like Popeye. Who is this dude? So I start talking to him. Turns out he's a, was a track guy. He started out like you know, actually fixing the, the track and pounding and pounding the stuff in. No wonder he, he was strong as an axe. And now he was ch- in charge of like seventy-five miles of track for the Union Pacific. And they had different groups that everybody had like their seventy-five or one hundred or one hundred twenty-five mile stretch. That you you had to go down there and you had to maintain that track and you had to inspect it like every day. And it's, it's a big deal. He said they had a derailment, and uh, there's a train. What do you say? There was a train every fifteen minutes. Going. This is back when they had a whole bunch of the Union trains coming out of the coal coal areas and and the oil. It was a train. I think he said every fifteen or twenty minutes, they had to maintain exact fifty five miles an hour, so you didn't gain or lose on the train in front of you or behind you. And and how when the derailment, it took them a day to fix it. How many how many trains were stacked up and how long it took from the to 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 clean the whole system up. It's unbelievable, Kevin. I mean, we we've we've shut down so many so many uh, rails that the ones left are like really really busy. And uh, I don't know if maintenance is... But there, there's no way on earth that the Norfolk and Southern intentionally doesn't do maintenance because the cost of maintenance versus the cost of this crash is, what, a bazillion to one? I mean, no, nobody would be that stupid. The, the, the idea that the only reason why people maintain planes and maintain track is because the government's looking at you is so, so ignorant I can't get there. I mean, well, it, and, and this, it becomes a matter of priorities. So, you know, much like, um, you know, when, when all, all of the uh, supply chain disruptions were in the news, uh, you know, that was obvious. We were talking about it here as the, uh, you know, the Biden people took office. We were talking about all those disruptions. I was talking about it in the classroom. We were, uh, you know, we spent a, a lot of time on it and, and different things that you can do about it. And the Secretary of Transportation was talking about electric cars. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it, 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 it just is a matter of what's your priority, and the priority here has never been competence and efficiency. I mean, I don't care where you think your green econ- economy is going to go. Your first job always is to take the existing system and make it as efficient and as effective as possible. And that has never gotten the attention no. Not not from Pete Buttigieg, and no. and I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it did from Elaine Chow either. So, oh, they, you wonder what they uh, do. SP futures are down 28. We come back a little bit. NASDAQ futures down 112. Was well, down 130 a minute ago. So maybe we'll maybe we'll bounce there a little bit. We could use it after yesterday. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? 
Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right there, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howie. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 27 because we're coming back a little bit. Uh, NASDAQ Futures down only 105. Dow Futures down only down 149. They were now 199. So I guess that's, I guess that's progress. Over in Europe, the DAX down 144.9%. Putsy down 20, that's only 0.3%, so they're not doing much. Kakaran down 49.7. Kakaran, I think, reached a new yet record yesterday morning. It was yesterday morning or Wednesday morning. It was this week for sure. UK down 183.7%. Hang Seng down another 
267, 1.3%. So these guys have, they were 14.5 like a year ago, October. I think they made it to 23 something. Now they're back down to 20,719. So they're furiously going the other way now. Shanghai down 25.8%. Uh, yesterday is a way of review on a crummy day. Dow down 431. SP down 157. NASDAQ down 214. Bonds. Up uh, four basis points, 3.88 as we're trying to get this 10 year. Well, try, 10 years trying to get up to 4% here, it looks like. Uh, the Bund, uh, plus uh, one one basis point, 2.50, 2. it's called. Japan, same at 0. 0.5, 0.5, which is about as high as I think the government wants it to go. Uh, we'll ask Carl about that when he gets some time. Oil, wow, down 261, 75.88. Brent down 266, 82. 48 natural gas down five cents 234 our bob down nine cents uh two to uh 234 as well our bob and natural gas same price wonder when that happened when there's a parlay on that gold down 1490 ouch 1836 silver down 39 cents 2131 copper down 66407 we've got bitcoin down 758 still over 23,000 23822 and i'm gonna bet of seeing the oil and down and uh, gold do this the dollar is stronger and sure enough here it is if the euro is now down to 106 it was 109 maybe a week and a half ago so that's a pretty big move two and a half three percent in a couple of weeks uh the, the uh, british pound 119 again it's been hanging in there at 123 not anymore 119 so there's a big dollar move in the last couple of weeks which is called caused gold to go down and oil to go down uh they all are all hooked together andrew what do you got for us traffic weather sports all right it is a 639 here in Chicago on uh, February 5th, uh, 17th. Uh, starting off with sports, last night the Bulls lost to the Bucks, ending their game 112 to 100, and the Suns also lost to the Clippers 116 to 107. Tonight the Blackhawks are going to be playing the Senators at 6 p.m. Chicago time. For Chicago weather, uh, we have some snow left over from yesterday, but right now we are currently at 20 degrees and just cloudy. Uh, Going to have a high of 28 today. And over in Phoenix, they're at 42 degrees, partly cloudy skies, and they're going to have a high of 65. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, we have traffic is building on mostly inbound expressways. Uh, on the Dan Ryan particularly, um, traffic is headed between 59th Street and downtown uh, in an accident on the southbound side, uh, maybe causing more delays. Um, and with that, traffic is also building on the inbound Stevenson, getting a little heavy near Central Avenue. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. I'm going to say uh, be careful if you're walking. Walking is the most dangerous thing that it is. Streets are ice. Side streets are ice. The sidewalks are ice. And you know what this is? Uh, you know what this is busy season for, Kevin? Oh, you tell me. Ice uh, for hand surgeons. Most people break oh, their thumbs. I can see that. Most people break thumbs and stuff on ice. Soft, well, 16 inch softball. Also, the softball season in Chicago. 16 inch softball and ice are the two biggest busy times for hand surgeons. Yeah. Just you know what? It, it, a, a lot of years, every time I would meet uh, somebody who was a, a um, uh, uh, orthopedic surgeon, they would they would talk about how much they hate 16 inch softball. <laughs> well, Dr. Billy's a hand surgeon. I can't say he hates it. Just saying. It's got a lot of his business. But, uh, but ice is worse. Um, actually. Uh, hand injuries are one of the biggest uh, ski injuries as well, thumbs. Even more so than legs, I think. So here, here's... Yeah, all here, the moral of the story is just don't fall. Yeah, well, this... No problem. So the, uh, uh, this morning, I, I can't believe it, News Radio 78 is, is playing this thing. They have a report, evidently, unfortunately, yesterday, nasty story. 
some tree and the Northwestern campus. Now, yesterday, for those that don't, the, the wind, uh, or actually it was Wednesday, the wind was, uh, I'm going to say, 60-mile-an-hour gust. It was really, really bad, and uh, or was really, really windy, depending on you like wind. So this tree goes down and nails five students, one critical, two serious, two minor injuries. So it was a bad thing. Well, if officials at Northwestern are still investigating either is whether, whether the wind played a cause. How long do you think they're going to work? How long? Did they report that straight? Yeah. Did, they, did somebody from Northwestern, did they issue a statement, or did somebody stand at a I, podium and say that? I, don't, I, I can't even... Do you, do you think there's a connection? I just... I'll bet... <laughs> I hope they don't spend too many have too many committee meetings on this one, Kevin. I just just saying. Oh no, it's college. There's committee meetings. Trust me. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, you you look around. You I mean you, you mentioned the uh, somehow or another. I mean, I think the the theme of the show, and it seems like we're always jumping topics. But to me, kind of they're all the same topic, Kevin. We have this infrastructure bill, and uh, one of the biggest you know pothole spots around. Is, for those that don't know, in Chicago, there's a there's the Lagrange. Uh, Lagrange Avenue Bridge over essentially the Desplaines, not just the Desplaines River, because the Desplaines River is not very big, but the Desplaines Valley, which used to be huge, for those that don't know Chicago history, it's basically what it is. It's a mile-long bridge, right, Kevin? It's like it's like the toll road. So it's and it's two parts, you know, there's two lanes on each side, and uh, so two essential two-story, two-lane ribbons. Well, they decide, okay, they're going to fix this thing. And, uh, Actually, it's three lanes each way because on the one side you've got one lane going north and two going south, and when you know when they're done with the one side, well, it's supposed to. The original story was it was going to take two years. Well, it's it's been two years, and on one side they've just got all the old pavement off because they're totally redoing it. And all winter I happen to go down there every Wednesday, I and mean, it's on the way to Audrey, so I go there on a the weekend too. And I I've, I've yesterday was a record. I saw eight people working on it. And some days there's two. We're talking about a bridge where they're putting all the, you know, the, the underlayment of the uh, wood that you need before you pull the concrete out on there, and then you can pull the wood out for those that don't know how to make a bridge. And uh, yesterday, Kevin, we're talking about a mile-long bridge, and there's eight people. And, and that's a record. What do these guys work from home? I mean, what, I mean is that is every single project countrywide, is that, is that what's happening? That, that, that one side, if I decided to go out and procreate today, which I'm not about to, uh, I'm going to say my grandkids will be in college before that thing's done with six people working. What are we doing? Is that happening all over the place or just that particular bridge that I'm foolish enough to watch? Mm, you know what? Um, the, the construction I see, because I'm not seeing a lot of road, a little bit of road construction here, uh, some infrastructure that they put in uh, for Amazon's big shindag and all of it, and, and that happened pretty quickly. Um, I don't so much observe the number of workers as I do the speed of things going up. And I am telling you, I am watching warehouses and, and factories uh, up on the north end of Elkhart County. And, you know, a year ago, none of, you know, this was open fields. And now <laughs> there's just, an, you know, I, it, I, I took pictures of, I stopped and took pictures on the way in one day. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I wanted them for a class to talk about some of the uh, economic development that's going on in the area. And, good Lord, things are getting, they're getting done here. Well, you're talking private enterprise. That's a big difference. Yeah, Huge difference. I am. Well, it's a massive difference. But, I mean, I don't, I don't, 
I don't get how. I mean, we're talking about the 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 uh, the reason f- for the the huge make makeover, the burn interchange. I mean, you know, the money, all the studies about how it was one of the, the biggest stranglers, str- stranglers, and was a spaghetti bowl, but the biggest strangler in terms of time and how the idea that it cost people, you know, ten extra minutes every time through there because it wasn't modernized and blah blah blah, and how it cost this many man hours of of work the delay in the thing. All that stuff goes to Washington to get, I think, before you get this money for these things. So they get the dough, and now they claim because they didn't, that the, somebody did a wrong study in regarding the, the, you know, the soil content of some damn place, that it was supposed to be, I think it was, you know, Andrew, why don't you see if you can look this up, the Burn Interchange Project. I think it was supposed to be four years, and it was eight or nine. Well, you know what, Kevin? I'm going to say, and, and I, I never, once in a while, I could see him do something on a Saturday, but they were all gone at 5 o'clock, never two shifts, never a Sunday. Uh, you know, maybe they dropped, you know, beams over the other expressway on a Sunday morning because there was no much traffic. So I'm not saying they never worked on a Sunday, but you just you just blew out of the water every study that you just did by, by pissing away four extra years, I'm going to think. If you, if you were to say this was going to take nine years instead of five, I'm going to say none of that original study, if you're talking about saving man hours or, or people hours, none of that original story uh, uh, study is any good. Or am I right? I mean, am I and right? they're going to do it anyway, no matter what. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, if if it's why not? If it's really that important to everybody, and you're going to save so much by doing it, why not get it done in two shifts? I mean, are you just? Are, is it such you just can't hire people? I mean, is it? I mean. Uh, you know, well, well, let's put Andrew on the spot. Well, that, that may be the story at the at this exact moment, but it's not the historical story. So, you know, I- explain right. the uh, first five years of the project. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I mean, we're not putting Andrew on the spot. We went to Columbia College, which is a lot of people doing a uh, broadcasting and a lot of. I mean, uh, our buddy Eric uh, teaches creative writing there, so it's people more. I'm going to say in the in the art side of the world. Andrew, what would it take? What would you have to pay somebody from Columbia College to go work on a highway for a summer? Are you saying just give up the art and just... just well, I'm saying just do it. Hey, they're paying me this much for five months. I'll go do this for five months and come back. I'm not saying give up anything. Well... Because yeah, I can pay my tuition in five yeah. months of work. I mean, if that was the case, maybe, yeah. I'm saying it's, it's not really on anybody's... I remember when uh, when Matty Weber first started. Well, I don't, we, before the show it was two thousand eight. We're, so, we're playing softball, and Matty's all his buddies, <clears throat> well, male and female. Everybody got everybody was in marketing and stuff. Everybody got laid off in two thousand eight, right, Kevin? It was horrible. And uh, I said, "Well, how many guys you got?" And he goes, "Like five, five of my buddies." I said, "Well, how about if I go get some jobs, some painting jobs?" I said, "I'll teach you guys how to do it." I'm too old to run up and down ladders. I said, "But we'll we'll, we'll you know knock off a house a weekend." No, we don't want to do anything like that. We don't want to do anything like that. And I go, you need the dough, don't you? <clears throat> yeah, well, not not that much. <laughs> I remember when you and I used to paint, Kevin. You know, just it's a different world. I think. Oh, yeah, we did some really cool stuff. Yeah, some cool projects. Yeah, especially like the one we painted. It, we painted in the dark because the lady needed it done by the next morning, and then we never checked it. I, I wonder how that worked out. <laughs> just, just saying. Oh, it was probably great. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was fine. No missed spots there. <laughs> but uh, anywho, um, what do you what do you think is uh, now? It looks like the CNS is running. What do you think the political world is going to interject? I, I I don't think he's announced anything has He's coming up here to talk to the Fraternal Order of Police as like a uh, the oh, first. Okay, so yeah, he's doing his he's doing his groundwork stuff. Yeah, he's doing his groundwork stuff. 
Um, when you when you said it looks like DeSantis running, but what is he scheduled an announcement or something? Uh, no, but he's, okay. he's 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 starting the the rounds toward an announcement. He's, he's starting to work the system. Yep. Okay. And uh, so we have all these issues, and I just had the page up here and how quickly the 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 clock. Um, what do you, what do you think? We're now having to increase the defense budget because of all the stuff we've, you know, in my opinion, rightfully given to Ukraine. Uh, boy, uh, lose numbers yesterday of what twenty thousand artillery shells a day or a week or something. Russians are firing in there. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, it looks like they're, uh, you know, they're they're unloading. They're trying. They're trying to get the upper hand now. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, it, we, we look at all these these needs, um, and you talk about. The uh, now Lori said she's going to clean the homeless people out of O'Hare, and maybe we're going to clean them out. Of, the fact is, there's a boatload of homeless people that have, I don't know, let's say unemployment slash drug slash education slash illness. I mean, we've got how many how many of these people country? The 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 stack of tasks we have, Kevin, are are really something, and it and they so you know, and at some point. I mean, this is my job watching the stuff. For, at some point, I can't believe it's not going to impact, impact the financial system. I mean, I, I, I can't I can't see that it won't unless we had at least some mechanism to get some of this stuff fixed. I mean, I, I don't know how the two can stand apart forever. And they've they've stood apart a lot longer than I thought they would. But can they? Maybe they will. No, no, we can't. We can't. You know, there, there's so many cities in disarray. We cannot continue to do this. Um, although, as as we've all of us, I think, have mentioned on on, on this show, uh, as as it unfolds, it winds up just being a gigantic wealth transfer to the uh, uh, to the top of the pyramid. And you know, maybe maybe that's unintentional and just the way it shakes out. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second, but. Um, but that that's what's happening, and you know. So you got to start asking yourself, well, who benefits from the status quo? Because the status quo is certainly unacceptable for everybody. So you know, who's who's getting something out of it? What are they getting out of it? And uh, and uh, when are we going to when are we going to throw them in jail? Because they're going to. You talk about inter- insurrection. The uh, you know the what couple hundred people who. Storm the Capitol. Uh, <laughs> just wait. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah point, well, I think this is gonna, at some point this is going to blow up. Why isn't it? Why isn't it done it already? Uh, we probably haven't gotten to the critical mass needed for uh, a significant action because a certain amount of it has happened. You know, you you look at like um, and, and you know, not not endorsing the agenda at all. But look at look at an outfit like Antifa, and, and and what they're doing. I mean, they're all about you know violence and and protests and all of that kind of stuff. How hard is it going to be to get you know right wing side of that uh, that well uh, um, you know that that uh, front and center in in the debate? Because there are there are certainly right wing people who are out there who are uh, stirring the pot just as much as there are on the left. So you know. So what's the critical mass where it really becomes something serious, something significant? And that's that's really your question is, I don't know, what's the number that you need? Um, well, I mean, you have population a population, <laughs> or the adult population, what do we have, about 200 million adults? 
Well, we had t- Tina Hone and this week, um, and she talked about it's a. I think she said it was a a record number of aldermen are either retiring or seeing the headlights or whatever. We were gonna, we're going to have sixteen new people in the city council here, no matter what. Uh, and a lot of them that I see running, her being one of them, and one of the ladies in my ward, they're not they're not your usual. Oh, I can't even describe this. They're not your usual hack politician that's going in there because they're a lawyer, and all of a sudden they're going to be able to do law law work against the city and make a fortune. I mean, Tina's not like that. The one, a couple of ladies running in my area, and then the one guy, they're not like that. They're not. That. So I mean, there is. I think, and you brought it up a while ago. There, there is kind of these little minor minor revolutions at the ballot box going on. I don't know that the, that the timing is enough to where they can do any good. Or, or, or if it becomes a crescendo, that now next election for the city council, there's 25 new people, and all of a sudden they get there and they actually try and govern. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess it. Do we have the time to do and, it? And that what way? will happen if they do? What will happen if they get in? They actually try and govern. Well, that's uh, that, that becomes the question. How will we be able? Will will uh, uh, the the current power structure be able to fight back against that, or will it start a, uh, a tie the other way? I'm not optimistic. Yeah, I mean it's it's, I mean it's hard. I mean you look at the, the idea that the uh, you know Republicans just took over the the House, and I think a lot of people think well maybe it was time to have some split in government there, yet the inability to throw this one idiot out that got in with a total fake resume, I, I everybody just looks at it and goes these guys are just as bad as the other guys. I mean, they they, they well, have zero ability to police well, themselves. Well, sure they are, but but also you know look, I I think the 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 ability to throw that guy out should be the ballot box, because if we're going to set the standard that somebody has a uh, you know lied about their credentials, then we're opening a big can of worms because now you've got Elizabeth Warren who made a career out of that, uh, you know built her career on being a minor I'm a yeah, excuse me a minority uh, or someone like uh, you know Bloom. Blumenthal, who claimed to be uh, a Vietnam veteran, all, you know all of uh, all of these different people who have burnished their uh, their backgrounds, maybe not to the extent uh, that we're talking about here, but to but have done it. You know, the best way to deal with that is okay. He won the election. He was a liar. He's, do you think he's going to survive his next election? Well, I mean, the what's his name? He's, not. he's just I don't know. Not. Maybe not. Maybe he would. But I mean, do you, do you I mean do you want that guy sitting in some committee with 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 uh with, with some no, side? No, he's not. And he doesn't have any committee assignments. Okay, but I'm saying when Mitt Romney told him he didn't belong there, what do you do? He pulled a Mexican card. He's only saying that because I'm Hispanic. What if you're Hispanic, you yeah, get the well, lie? Okay, so gee, you know, it, what happened when they took committee uh, uh, assignments? Uh, away from Democrats this time. Wait. Two out of three were white men, and yet, uh, <laughs> and yet, AOC's on the floor saying this is an attack on uh, uh, women of color. Oh, I, I get it. Okay, I'm... so everybody's pulling that card. What am I supposed to get up in arms about it? What well, um, it gets no. into there, there is know, some. That's just a load of cr- a load of crap. Well, the, the 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 point being is there there is a there is a limit. To how much you can lie? Where, where I can't believe we were talking about this, Kevin. There's a limit to how much you can lie. You and I don't, don't lie okay, at all. If, if that's if that's where we're going, Tom. Okay, let's 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 just have a lie meter, and when you exceed your quota, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, but, but I then, guess then you're out. But where I'm going is, is this is not degenerating, but it's moving into the same debate I had with the uh, a very learned, um, very bright guy. You, even though he's very liberal, you'd like him, Kevin. Uh, and he's one of these attorney guys that everything has to be, you know, you have to turn it around in your mind three times before you say it. And he was essentially listening to the show once in a while, and he says, you know, you have this huge base of listenership. Well, I hope we do. Uh, and he says, you know, you have to check every single thing you say because people actually listen to you and believe you. And then if you're wrong, if you lob one out there about, you know, some of this, this guy did this or that, that uh, somehow, you know, you're, you're doing a disservice. And I, this guy's name's Luke. And I said, Luke, you know, I, I absolutely under, understand what you're saying, and I really try and do that. And I'm sure at all not shy about, hey, I said this yesterday and I was wrong. I mean, I, I'm not shy about that at all. At least I hope I'm not. I said, but what, the part we're missing is that it's all, perception is, is, is some percentage of the, of the truth. I said, you, you can look at somebody in Congress, and it's unfair to say, this guy or lady is a bleep because of this without checking it out. I mean, that, that part I get. But the perception is they can't throw anybody out no matter what they do because they're all as guilty. That's why you, you become tainted with the same brush. I mean, it, it, I didn't say they couldn't throw them out, though, Tom. I said, is that the stand? I asked the question, is that the standard that they want to set? Okay, but what, what I'm saying is the one lady walked out of, uh, and she, she happened to be Republican, but there's been a lot of Democrats who have done the same thing. She, happened to, she walked out of a COVID meeting and sold all her stock. Well, you're not, when when the, the convention is, you're not supposed to be, like, trading in there to find put out. Put her in jail. I'll, I'll put her in jail. But I'm, I'm saying cool. the, I'm, the, I'm good with that. There, I, he's right. I can't accuse everybody in Congress of being a crook and trading on inside information. But the fact that they can't spank her, that's a problem. And I have the same issue, and, you know, how in love I am with the police because my father was one and my uncle was one. I understand that when when the 90% of the policemen cannot rid themselves of the 10% that are bad apples, they're liable to be tarred with the same brush. That's just the way the world goes. It doesn't mean I'm accusing the other 90% of being bad. They're not. But if you can't clean up your house, the house is just plain dirty. And, and, and people feel that way about Congress. And, and th- that feeling is, is very legitimate, Kevin, even though... Luke, or you, you, even though I can't go in and say every single one of these people is a crook, there's a difference in the message of what I'm, what I'm trying to get. I mean, am I totally off base here or not? No, I, I, I don't think you are. Um, you know, I, I guess, and, and we're not we're not really arguing. We're making somewhat yeah. different points, uh, and and that is that the uh, uh, you know that that. It, it's it's almost impossible uh, for us to set a standard that nobody's going to meet. Uh, so, you know, and, and I'm for setting the standard, but then I want it applied across the board. Why do we too? And I guess that's what I'm saying is, you know, if if we're going to say we're throwing people out for being liars, good, let's do that. If we're going to say uh, you go sell your stock, uh, you walk out of a meeting and go sell your stock. Um, and and we want to we want to throw them out. We want to prosecute. We want to cool. I'm good with that too. Um, but let's do it then. Let's do it and let's do it for everybody. Well, and you're right. It's all it's almost like they're biblical. Those without what is it? He without sin cast the first stone. They all put the stones down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm all, I'm all for everybody throwing the stones, but throw them you know line get in a circle. Yeah. And throw them at each other. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a thought. Are you ever sure we're going to win another game or what? 
Yes, Paul? Oh, uh, I would guess not. Uh, although they, they darn near beat Duke. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Go figure that one. Did you, did you watch the uh, ND women last night? I don't, I don't know if they were on. Were they? You no, know, they they were on. They were on ESPN. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, buzzer buzzer beater shot. I, I I sent you email. You you can see that you can see the final shot on, uh, on email. Uh, overtime, uh, two point win. Buzzer uh, shot with the uh, clock expiring. It was, a, it was a great game. I wasn't able to go. I got home for the second half. Um, our our my daughter and our friend Virginia went to the game, and I met them afterwards for uh, a, a glass a glass of beer. But uh, um. But the uh, uh, but but it was really uh, one of the most entertaining basketball games, men's or women's, that I've seen all year. Well, cool. I mean, uh, our hope is on our ladies these days. That's I don't know if that's a good place to be, but you know, it's better than nothing. Oh I guess. no, it is a good place to be. Yeah. They've actually won stuff. They uh, plus they they seem like they uh, they play hard. They're not. They're, what are they, what are their chance? Were they like number seven or eight or something? Uh, they're in the top ten. I think they were. They were uh, last loss knocked them down to ten, but uh, uh, but. They're up there. They'll they're they're going to remain a top ten team all season. So maybe a couple couple games for returning. I hope. Um, I, I would figure they got to be around a six. They got to be a team that you know it'd be a disappointing season if they don't make the round of sixteen, and and they could do better than that. I think they have a lot of potential. Well, that's cool. Potential. They're, they're, they're very young. Their best players are sophomores. Do we still have that potential? You and I. Um. I do. I'm not sure about you. I worry about you. <laughs> oh, SP Futures down 25. We've come back some. Yes, here's down 104. We'll be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call. 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Well, welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 26. Nasdaq Futures down 108. Do we have Mr. Carl? You do. Um, are you flying to Chicago to serve on this Northwestern Committee where they're trying to figure out if the 60-mile-an-hour winds the other day were maybe uh, conducive to the tree falling down on the people? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we had 60-mile we had winds here the other day, and um, some old branches that were on some of my trees here in the front yard, little ones, you know, so nothing damage-causing, uh, came down and are now on the ground. Yeah, the, uh, you get that happening. You know, we had a, you know, you know, it's always kind of weird to me is, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not Mr. Horticulturist, but you'll have a bunch of wind and nothing really happens to your trees. And then, like, Audrey's got a bunch of trees on her property out in Orland, and all of a sudden you'll have another storm where it's pretty much the same level in the in the yard is littered with like small branches, and then you'll have another storm where it's same thing, and all of a sudden you see a big branch. It's like even, even though they're all forty five or fifty mile an hour winds, some do damage and some don't. It's really is it the direction? Is it the state of the tree? Is it the temperature? It's a it's it's a it's a little of all of that. I mean, you know, it's it's like anything else. Things work harden. You know, they especially in the winter time because you know trees are essentially dormant most well except for evergreens, but. You know, most trees are essentially dormant during the winter, and so uh, you know it's it's dry wood uh, fractures much easier than uh, than wood that has a lot of moisture in it, right? I mean, we, we all know yeah. this. It's just not surprising as you you start you know bending it back and forth. Um, funny thing is, when I lived in Florida, we seem to it, we we seem to have that kind of thing. Okay, I mean, I didn't get the we have a thunderstorm come through and and. I didn't have a bunch of tree debris in my yard, right? Um, gee, I wonder why. Maybe it has something to do with these hurricanes that show up every yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anything that's stored a week is on the ground at that point, right? <laughs> well, Kevin and I were kicking around, uh, you know, the, the stuff in, in Congress and the truth and whatever, and I think a lot of it, uh, Carl, is is the fact that, and I, and I don't know, I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I mean, uh, the idea that the, the the media seems to not be doing their job, and I think the reason why they're not doing their job to a certain extent is people refuse to pay for it. They think it's all free, and uh, and, I, and I don't know which I don't know which is worse. I mean, I really when I say this too much, but I really miss the weekly news magazines. I mean, if we if we if we had a, a, a weekly magazine, I don't know, maybe they're still online. I haven't looked. If we had U.S. News and World or Newsweek or Time, I pretty much guarantee that every other week there'd be a twelve-page story in the middle of the thing 
talking about the Ukraine with, with detailed maps and where all the different lines were and where all the different munitions depots were and the railroads. And you could have a pretty good, I'm sure I could find it online if I took the time, and I probably should because I talk about it. Uh, but it's, it, it is, I always thought that you could hear all this news and it was a big story as soon as you got your weekly which we paid for, by the way, you'd go through and then all of a sudden there, I remember the Arab-Israeli war. There's how many planes one side got, there's how many planes the other side got. I mean, I, the, the, maybe people don't want the detail or whatever. I always liked reading, knowing what I was talking about when I talked about something. We don't seem to have that. The headline today is, and this is a beauty, it's all about the 2020 election. And obviously Fox is this right-wing station. The headline is, Fox hosts didn't believe Trump 2020 election fraud claims Rupert Mur- Murdoch called it crazy stuff, <laughs> and yet they've been talking about it. They've been they've been they've been pushing well, that story. It, it has, hasn't that sort of been like the topic of an awful lot of digital and paper ink for like the last three years? Yeah, and they're saying that they never believed it was all just working their crowd. Well, well, okay. So who's who's shocked by that, right? Um, well, but no, but, way, but but people uh, just watch. Some people just, think though. Uh, yesterday. Okay, you know, Judicial Watch likes to sue the government when they uh, try to hide stuff. I mean, that's, that's how they've made their name. They're pretty good at it, too. They file FOIAs, the government agencies ignore them, and then they sue, and, and eventually they end up getting something. Well, they got something, all right. They got uh, hard evidence that the CDC, the NIH, and the drug makers uh, deliberately hid adverse events during the... COVID jab trials, this goes all the way back to the fall of 2020, before any of them were issued and authorized for anybody under any set of circumstances, uh, on a, under a confidentiality agreement. With who? With, with the drug makers. <laughs> so, so these guys, and, and by the way, one of them has to do with uh, uh, adverse events that occurred in women who got these things when they were pregnant. Now, during the trials, that was not approved. So it was women who didn't know they were pregnant when they got jabbed. Okay. Okay. Because you couldn't you couldn't give those until the EUAs issued, and in fact until like March or April of twenty one, you couldn't give them to a pregnant woman because it would be widely unethical. You might damage her unborn child, right? Right. And, and this is a drug trial, so they don't know if these things are safe or not. Uh, so anyway, but you know, as it happens, uh, gee, people do sleep with each other, you know, when they're yeah. <laughs> all the time. So it, inadvertently, and sometimes they're not just sleeping. Things during the trials, yeah. and and they had an extraordinarily high miscarriage rate, and so the, this this was something that showed up in the data, and the um, and, and but it was it was part of a confidentiality. We oh we can't we can't talk about that. How do you have a confidentiality re- agreement if your job is investigative reporting? Well, apparently, apparently the co- no. Well, well, that's uh, you know, you know, you have uh, these these agencies and these companies that have confidentiality agreements. Speaking of speaking of such things, okay, uh, you know, we just had this tram derailment, right? You were talking about it earlier in the hour, and um, the the two sides of this couldn't be more crazy. Okay, one of them is all the scaremongers running around claiming that this is Chernobyl. Um, I know a little bit about chemistry. I'm not a degreed chemical engineer, but uh, I had 
when I was in college, I had the college try to get me to take a, a chem engineering major because I was one of like three people in the incoming freshman class that got a perfect score on the chem exam. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a little screening test that they give you, right? So uh, I know a little bit about organic chemistry. I took a couple of classes there. And stuff, It's first off, it's a gas, and secondly, it's not soluble which means in water, which means it's not going to dissolve in the water and form long-term contamination. It evaporates. It evaporates, of course, into the atmosphere, and, and the decision to blow the tank up is of some dubious value. Um, I understand why they did it. I don't know that I agree with the decision, but I understand why the decision was made, because it was a risk that the tanks could breach, and if they did... Uh, the explosion would have been akin to a huge propane tank blowing up. Uh, there would have been shrapnel probably scattered over a mile radius from where the, the accident happened, and, and God knows how big the fireball would have been. So, I mean, it would have, it would have been a it, you know, very, very bad thing if they exploded. Uh, the media, of course, is also, they use the word detonation in some of their stories about this, which is nonsense and stuff. But I cannot find any evidence that this stuff can actually detonate, but it can explode, just like anything else that's flammable. So the, the thing that, it's, that really gets me about this is that within the first couple of days after it happened, security video ended up on the Internet that one of the trucks of the train. And security video was from a location 20 or so miles away from the town. Now, you know, as you pointed out, the guy's job in the caboose was to was to look at your train, you know, as you went by going the other direction, right? Well, guess what? Today we have these things called hot box detectors, which is essentially an infrared camera that is on the side of the track. There's one every twenty miles or so, and its job is to is to do what the guy in the caboose used to do, basically. And after the train goes by it sends a radio signal up to the front and the, and the engineer gets it and it's oh or everything's not fine. Yeah. Well, they went by at least one of those with the with the truck on that car on fire, and probably two, and didn't stop. Really? For those that don't right? know, for those and, don't know and, and uh, there is another report out now. The NTSB has said they have now found the truck on the car that derailed first and initiated this, and it, it had extremely severe overheating damage on one of the axles. It was in the process of coming apart. So that is probably the cause of the derailment. Okay, I mean, we're not sure yet. You know, hey, let's wait until they actually get done looking at the track. Maybe, maybe you know, bad maintenance, although I sort of doubt it, although it's possible. Uh, maybe sabotage. Again, I doubt it, but it's possible. Uh, the the probable cause of this wreck appears to have been that whether due whether due to these detectors not functioning, which would be a very severe problem, uh, or somebody either ignored it on purpose on the train, or someone in corporate told them to keep going for whatever reason. All right. So now we are from an accident to ridiculous levels of negligence. Well, for those that just to fill this in, the truck is the is the part of the car. Where there's two on each. Well, you can have someone of one and a half now, but the truck is the wheel and axle combo. 
and in there, correct. And there's usually yeah. two two axles and two wheels, right, on each truck, right. Well, two axles, four wheels, right. And, and yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, one, one yeah. on each side, obviously. And, and, yeah. and, and that thing turns, and there's there's a they you don't use ball bearings; they use what the cylinder bearings, and and those things have to be in some just like your car. There has to be some sort of grease or oil in there, and if somehow the thing dries out and it's metal on metal, it will heat up. So actually, they used to have to do those. Uh, Way back in the day, they used to have to constantly oil those things by hand. And when you talk about the the term, the real McCoy, you probably know this, Carl. That was uh, an African-American gentleman invented the McCoy oiler, wasn't it? It was an automatic oiler yep. which dropped, or like two drops in an hour or something. So that was the first time they had automatic oilers, and it was invented by a guy named McCoy. Hence the name, the yep. real McCoy. And so well, they still can have hot boxes, and what ends up happening is these things are so heavy these, these rail cars, what are they? they can be 60,000 pounds, right? So they're on the rail and if all of a sudden one of these wheels starts to bind up and, and go goofy, it can essentially twist the rail. It's heavy enough to do it. And once you do, not only will that one probably derail, but all the ones behind it, correct? Because you it's, it's impossible. Right, and so, well, yeah and, or if the, if, if the truck itself fails mechanically yes. as a result of the heat uh, then that car is going to come off and will drag the ones behind it off. Or it'll just drag the truck, which will eventually will spread the rails or do something to them. And yeah, eventually it's going to do enough damage that the you know that the, basically the integrity of the system is lost and, and the whole thing comes apart. Well, we could get to so one, of these, one of these days we should but, drag my bro over here because he worked for GATX for a while. But when you look at these tank cars, I mean, I'm, he, he could actually tell you by looking at them what's in every one of them because they're all different. I mean, they're, they're, it's right. not just the tank car. The oil cars are different than the than the ones you're talking about, the chlorine gas cars, and they're all different sizes because of the, you know, how how integrity the integrity you have to maintain. The bigger ones are usually the stuff that's not all that dangerous, and the smaller ones are stuff that is. Do we still have Carl, or did he blink off? I think we got to go back and get him, Andrew. Andrew? Oh, we, yeah, interesting. He just. I think we, he was having, the thing was having we were a connection problem, so you have to. Go get him back, but yeah, my, my like I said, my brother Dan worked for GATX. If you're sitting at a railroad crossing, he'll tell you what's in every one of the cars just by the shape and the and the size and the stuff in there because there, there's massive engineering to this. It's not like there's when you see something that's hazardous, they, they don't put it in a in an oil car. It's it's in it's in a, a car designed for that. And one of the more interesting stories about that is for those of you who like to drink Coors beer. And the story about Coors is that. Uh, all the beer, all the, it, the beer is only main, is only built or made in one place in Colorado. Now, if you drink Budweiser, there's several different uh, breweries around the country where they make Budweiser beer. The hardest thing, because my brother likes to make beer, the hardest thing about uh, making beer in different locations is making sure the water with which you start is exactly the same in every place, and it's very, very difficult to do. That's where a lot of your chemistry comes in. So Coors decided they wanted to bottle some water or beer on the East Coast, but they didn't want to make it there. So when he was at GATX, they designed some railroad cars specifically for Coors, because they want to keep the stuff chilled, and he could recognize one of those cars, I'm sure, even today, where those cars had so much insulation, no matter what the weather, they could make it from Colorado to Virginia, whether it was below zero or whether it was on 90 degrees, they put the beer in the car at like 40 degrees. The, the beer would not go from, it, it would maintain between 38 and 42 no matter what in a three-day trip there. Uh, do we have Carl? 
Not yet, I guess. Um, so, I mean, there, there's, there, to say that there's a science to this is an understatement. And what, what Carl was talking about, one of my uh, friends, and he's been a contributor to uh, Stacks and Jacks a few times on the air, he was with this consulting firm, that, that they do this sort of thing. They were actually, I think they got a contract, or maybe didn't, but the contract was to put strain gauges. Carl, I'm just uh, I'm filling in some of the background on some of the stuff. The thing you're talking about, one of my buddy, uh, John Lee, he's been a, a consultant on the show a few times. He was with some firm that bid on, I don't think they got the job, of uh, strain gauges all along the Alaskan pipeline. So, the, so even before there was a leak, there'd be some strain on the pipe, strain gauge would let somebody know to get out there and, and check it out, which is kind of what you're talking about on the side of the, uh, the rails. There, there, there's there's, yeah. a, there's a, yeah. probably an infrared detector of some kind. It's, it's basically a camera, and, it, and it's, you know, with a, with a proximity sensor, so it, you know, it knows when there's a train there, right? And, uh, you know, obviously uh, that thing uh, doesn't have to be all that sensitive because trains are kind of big and heavy and you know, make a lot of noise and vibration and everything else. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, basically the, the point of this thing is essentially to do the job that the caboose attendant used to do and signal the, the engineer in the front because he can't see no, he can't the see trucks. Either. I mean, unless you're on a straight track anyway, he can't see the trucks that are, you know, half a mile behind him. Plus, these trains are a mile long. <clears throat> they're not, they're, they're way longer than they used to be. Oh, yeah, but, the, you know, but the, the thing is, is it's still, you know, that's, the, that, that's sort of the point. So we know at this point that there is video of one of the trucks on fire, not not a little warm, literally on fire, well before it got to the town. That's unbelievable. And, and that these and and that these detectors are placed every ten to twenty miles along the track, which means it went by at least one and maybe two of them. Well, that's because uh, he he used to do. Uh um, go around and then find, well, trying to find cars. Cars get lost all the time, right? <laughs> when I say cars get lost, I mean, there's a system for knowing where your railroad cars are, but a lot of them don't make it back and they're someplace. So he used to actually go out on these sightings and stuff and locate cars. Yeah. And once in a while, you'd locate an old locomotive. Well, the amount of red tape you had to go through to run a, a five-car train of, like, cripples, that maybe didn't have the braking, just to get them off the tracks and take take them somewhere to get them tra- scrap, is a real big deal because you don't want any of these things screwing up on the main line and causing a problem like we just had. So, I mean, these these guys are really strict about this. I mean, it's not like it's you know, oh, there's a there, there's a toy train going down the track. I mean, it, there's there's a lot to this, as you're saying. Well, let me well let me point something out, Chief, and that is that. You know, we just had another derailment on on a actual transit line just outside Detroit. Okay, now it was one car. So apparently, uh, that one was a failure in the car because the cars following it didn't go off. Right. Yep. All right. So, um, can I just ask whether or not we're hiring people based upon their pronouns and their diversity? We have, we have a transportation secretary whose primary qualification for being the transportation secretary appears to be that he's gay and yeah, married absolutely. to another man. Well, he also uh, is supposedly a very brilliant guy who came from two, two uh, professors at Notre Dame, right? So the guy's no doubt. Well, he may, be, br- he may yeah. be brilliant and he may not. I don't yeah. know. But what I do know is that he has absolutely zero industry experience with regards to 
transportation. I doubt if and he could, by the way, neither did Shaw. I doubt if either one of them could have had this discussion we just had. Neither neither one of them had the intelligence and the and the uh, curiosity, if you will, even though it's their job to to figure this stuff out before the train goes off the tracks. Well, you know, which funny, of course is the point at which it matters, right? Well, we have a few minutes before break here, Carla. Can I turn you from that into the discussion we had um, yesterday? And who, who's the lady who just got the... She was just appointed the vice chairman of the Fed, like, was it six months ago? And now she's the head of National Economic Council or Council of Economic... What's her name? Yeah, can somebody explain to me what her qualifications are for that job? Well, that's what I... I, I, I mean, I, as somebody, and I think, you know, for our listeners to listen to us, I think they actually give a crap about what's going on. Because, I mean, obviously that's all what we're talking about because we do. And I, don't, I was talking, I was railing with, I was Lure, whoever was with yesterday. I don't know, it might have been with, it uh, wasn't with Russell because we had the, uh, it must have been with Lou. But how, how, you, uh, how do you determine whether any of these people that have these jobs have any idea what they're doing? Whether they immerse themselves in it, whether they actually, I mean, if they actually dig into the numbers, if they actually can't wait to get the next meeting, where if you're the transportation guy, where you there's a meeting on the state of the, the rail system in the Northeast, there's some people. I would hope I'd be one of them, and I think you would be. I mean, I know you would be. You can't wait to get to the meeting, and you read all the stuff they send you beforehand because you you're dying to learn this stuff. Because by the way, that's your friggin' job. I mean, I, I mean, I, I use the, the uh, example of uh, Tammy Duckworth, who I seem I have utmost respect for. I mean, obviously the lady, you know, got got wounded severely and. As, as a, uh, I don't know, she was a second or third t- term in Iraq, whatever the hell she was. I mean, the fact is, I mean, I, I, I want to really like the lady and expect that she, yet my, my stepfather was in uh, Antino uh, home, it was for veterans, and the place was half full because they couldn't get the funding. The people were terrific. He, he had almost the best care ever, and I, I won't, I'm not, there's not a bad thing I can ever say for those people down there. I thought they were spectacular. Yet the place was half full because they didn't have the funding, it took six months to get in there, and I'm assuming half the people died while they were on the waiting list in some other rat hole. And, uh, and so she ends up being the head of Veterans Affairs in Illinois for a couple of years before she runs for senator. You know, as much as I know about the system more than, a, than maybe a regular person, because my stepfather was there, I know 5% of it. I don't know 95% of it. I have no right. idea whether she did a good job or not. And when she left, the place was now only 40% empty, and she got some funding, and more people were let in, and the waiting list went down from six months to five, or whether it went up to seven or eight. How the hell does anybody know whether these people do anything in any of these jobs they have, other than they're just a resume builder? I mean, even whether you like her or don't like her, and a lot of people settle into, well, she's a Democrat, I like her, or she's a Democrat, I don't like her, which is really not the way you want to be. But how do you actually, how do I have any idea whether this lady contributed squat at the Federal Reserve, or whether she's just a lady, and now we got to give her any job that's open, we're pushing her up the chain to God knows where. I mean, how, how do, even if, if you want to be fair to her, how do you know, Carl? Well, I don't, and that's, you know, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, it's that I look at, you know, I look at all of this that goes on within industry, and, and I've put a couple of articles up in the last, you know, in the last little bit. Uh, you know, we have LLCs and corporations which are essentially liability shields. Okay, they allow you to go out and have money that is raised in the market. You've got people buy your stock, and and that person's financial liability is limited to the amount that they paid for the stock. So if the company goes bankrupt, 
the creditors cannot come back after the investors. Uh, fine. But nowhere in the law has that ever extended to criminal acts. Ever. And yet, we have not one criminal prosecution of individuals. You look at what happened with GM. They knowingly used defective ignition switches and people died as a result. They got sued. During the 08 crash, the company functionally went bankrupt. It still exists as General Motors, but the capital structure was completely overturned and all the people who had money in the stock lost their money. Okay, fine. The people who made the decision to use and continue to use those switches after they knew there was a problem with them. Every single one of them should have been charged with felony manslaughter and thrown in prison. And if they had been, this kind of stuff would not keep happening. Well, that's, that's, that could go back. We'll, we'll have a quick summary here of what you're saying. And then we'll go after break. I have another major question to ask you. Uh, plus, we want to talk about these uh, PPI numbers for sure. That, that happens... I mean, that's, that would be my dividing line in the sand on just about anything, Carl. I mean, when uh, asbestos came out, it was yeah. it was absolutely the best thing for all worlds. I mean, you, you weren't, people weren't going to die in fires anymore and blah, blah, blah. Yet someday, somewhere, somebody decided, wow, this is, like, really dangerous, and yet they continue to sell it for another decade or two. Well, once that this, once you, you realize it, after that, I think you're guilty. Before that, I don't think you are. Indeed, well, yeah, at the, well, that's exactly right. At the point that you make a decision that because you have limited liability, you're going to ignore this, you have taken on criminal liability. Well, you know, you, you, but also you, you forgot to mention or didn't think about it, is we are, we, we, our government, is pushing, is talk about dividing dividing lines. The They're not letting, if, if you and I buy stock in a plumbing company and we have six cars six plumbing trucks, and we decided to go to a, a bank and borrow money for the seventh, you and I are signing on the dotted line as individuals. But the, the, the company doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of this is Dodd-Frank. It doesn't matter whether the company hasn't missed a payment in 30 years. They're, they all of a sudden want our personal guarantee. And they're right. not going to ask Jeff Bezos for his. And I, I wonder where in Dodd-Frank there's that line. Must be there. Well, someplace. yeah, that's you know, gee, as somebody who used to run a, a small business, I know all about that nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who's 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 the, why why is government get involved in that? That should be the bank's job to determine risk, I would think. But I mean, we're well, you think? Yeah, you would think. SP futures down twenty seven. Nasdaq futures down one away. We'll come back. We we'll talk about that uh, uh, totally. Plus, I have a question from Carl. You know, he he's very learned about the law. I mean, you know, he, he never made the mistake going to law school. I want to ask him about this thing that's going on with the White Sox. This is this is a bizarre world. We'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits 
food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, my big stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP futures down 24. It sounds lousy, especially after a day like like yesterday. But we were down 30 something. We came in, so we're actually working our way back. Nasdaq was down 150. Now it's only down 95. So we're we're, we're trying to maybe find a bottom here. Trying, who knows what we're doing, but at least we're down less than we were a while ago. Down on 165 over in Europe. DAX only down 102 now. It was down like 130 a minute ago or an hour ago. Uh, down 0.7. Puts you down 22.3. That's Again, that was it's rallied back a little bit. Kek around as well. Only down 35 now, 0.5%. As they made an all-time high. Like, yesterday morning or Wednesday morning, one of the two. Uh, Asia. Uh, we've got Nikkei down 183.7%, the Hang Seng down 267, 1.3. These guys went from 14 to 23, now back to 20,700. 20, Shanghai down 25.8%. Uh, review from yesterday, down on 431, yeah, 431. S&P futures, S&P yesterday was down 57, that's 1.4%. NASDAQ almost 2% at 1.8, down 214. We've got bonds, up 5 basis points, 3.89%. Some people are thinking it's going to get to four here. Maybe it will. Uh, Bund uh, unchanged, 2.49. Um, Japanese 10-year, 0.551. Let's call it 0.501. Uh, so they're pushing the very top end of their allowed range. Oil is unchanged. Brent down 2.58. Uh, the uh, natural gas down two cents. So 
We've got gold getting whacked too. We only but it was down 19. Now it's only down 16.50. 18.35 silver down 37 cents. 21.34 crypto down uh, 7.87. But still Bitcoin 23,794. Uh, so still maintaining most of the rally of the week. The culprit or the cause of a lot of this is the dollar being strong again today, although not as strong as it was an hour ago. The euro is down to 106 and the pound is down to 119.5. They were at 109 and 123 a few weeks ago, so it's been a two or three percent move in the in the dollar in a short period of time due to the Fed's action, which we're going to talk about. Uh, Andrew, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. All right, it is 7:36 here in Chicago on February the 17th. Starting off with sports, last night the Bulls lost to the Bucks, 112 to 100, and the Suns lost to the Clippers, 116 to 107. Tonight. In hockey, the Blackhawks are replaying the Senators at 6 p.m. Uh, over for weather, in Chicago, it is currently at 20 degrees. Uh, it was cloudy, but it looks like the clear skies are going to be opening up for a good while. Uh, and have a high of 28 today, so not much sunlight going to be warming us up. Uh, over in Phoenix, they're at 42 degrees, partly cloudy. They're going to have a high of 65 today. And now finally for Chicago traffic, I uh, think we know accidents to report on the inbound expressways. However, traffic is building on all of them, especially if you're coming from the south uh, on the Dan Ryan. Expect some heavy delays. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. So, uh, Carl, we had a... Um, gotta, I always find nothing but more things to talk about when we're on break, but um, there's a, there's a uh, headline here about why America's outdated energy grid is a climate problem, but I was just listening on the way in this morning. I went to pick Andrew up. Uh, a, a, a report from some group that monitors the gas companies and stuff, some citizens group, and the gas company wants another $400 million increase. And the guy comes down and he starts talking about how, how many years ago they gave the gas company a dollar a month per person to start replacing these lines that are 100 years old. And that was they're supposed right. to do on a certain pace and blah, blah, blah. Well, now they're up to $15 a month, and they've the the pace is delayed so much that the guy says by the time they do it people aren't even going to be using natural gas i mean to the point where they, all they do is keep raising the rate and they and they never they never do it i mean uh, i'm sure the electric companies if you put their feet to the fire would say yeah we need to upgrade the grid but by the way we have been we have, now some would think that that should be ongoing right others think that maybe you know once in a while you're supposed to get a chunk of dough i had a conversation like this with uh, former Mayor Daly one day, actually in the sauna of all places over to when he, when he was talking about uh, you know, the, the they just shut down the green line for uh, they had to redo the whole system and he says, yeah, I can't believe that we're like, we're doing this and he says, you know, he goes, how, how would you stop doing something like this? I go, Mayor, it's, it's really very simple. I said, hey, you've been to San Francisco and when the guys, they the, every time you go across the Golden Gate, you're going to see these tarps in a spot where guys are sanding the hell out of it and painting an area. It takes yeah. them, it takes them what two years to get the whole bridge done. The minute they do it, they go back to the other side and start all over. Start the other end, right? Start all over. I said, you know, you have. I'll pick a number. You got a hundred thousand footings, in the, in the system, and they last you know a hundred years. So so do the math. You know, you got to replace a thousand of them a year, and you should be doing this ongoing. There never should be a month where you're not doing, you know. 15 or 100 a month or whatever it is probably not that many and that way you'll never have a problem he looked at me like right. I had four heads you know but, but the, this, the mantra is you wait until it breaks and then there's this panic where it's that's not that's not the way 
you should do business. I mean, you should you should get a delivery of of two new rail, railroad or CTA cars a month, forever, you know. And then and at the end of twenty, whatever 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 twenty five years goes into them, however many you have, that's how many you need per year divided by twelve per month. You should be getting two new ones a month. You should never have to go out and have a six hundred car purchase. I mean, it's crazy, but but we don't think like any of this stuff, Carl. Anybody have a uh, what, what about this PPI number? I have a bunch of questions regarding that. Uh, second is, well, the first is the the uh, money supply, even though we're not getting the numbers as we're supposed to be getting them every week, uh, looks to be ticking down like the Fed said they were doing. The Fed balance sheet looks to be ticking down like the Fed said they're doing. Now, you mentioned last week there's nowhere beer, near as big a tick down to make a dent in the money they put in, but it is ticking down. Right. It is ticking down some. If all of a sudden this spending, like you predicted, uh, well, not you, you didn't predict the spending. It's obvious it's going to be kicking back up again as people start issuing checks for these last couple of bills. I guess my question is, where are they going to get the money? Is, is the Fed going to have to start putting money back in, or are they are they are they going to stand fast and say you guys got to go out and borrow it, or or is there some some workaround where we'll never see what they're doing? Well, there's no workaround. That's that's one of the big problems is that you know, everybody's looking for a way not to have to eat any of the, you know, the cooking that they've been uh, putting out for the last you know, 20, 30 years. And we've, we've made a, a huge... This is a, a, Greenspan warned about this at, <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, and and Bernanke warned about it, too, after, after the crash in 08. He said, you know, this this wild exercise you have of bailing people out, throwing money at the problem, you know, the, the infamous $700 billion blank check that got rejected the first time the market crashed and then Congress came back and handed it to Hanky Paulson. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, essentially zero of which actually went where he said it was going to go. It was all the other stuff that Congress did. Uh, it, was, it was a grab bag to the people that were the favorites of the Treasury Department. Um, and you know, we we thought seven hundred billion dollars was a lot of money. It used to be. <laughs> well, that that was then, and, then, and this is now. Yeah, that was then, and this is now, and it wasn't that long ago either. The um, the problem, of course, with with that is that that sort of thing always compounds if you don't stop it. And so that's what we've done is we've gone down this road even further. But the Fed cannot come off the ball on this. And what I had said was that the PPI was going to show this, you know, was going to show this, that the people that were saying, oh, you know, the Fed's going back to zero or close to it, uh, you know, you're going to see sub 2% on the 10-year again within, you know, within the next 6 to 12 months and da 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 I said, no, you're not, because if that happens, then, you know, then eggs are going to be $6 a dozen, and they're going to stay there. Um, you know, you're... Your tax base is going to get destroyed because the the reality is, is that people have to pay this, and with that they can't pay anything else. Uh, and, and we have we have several bad things going on here. The short term is that rates have to continue to rise until you have a positive real rate of interest across the entire curve. That is the only way you're going to stop it, and it will happen because it must. And the, the idea of sequestering all of this through trade, see, I, if there was an error in my analysis back in the 07 08 time frame, it was that I didn't find the sequestration 
method that was being used and, and would be used for the next 15 years. And that was through trade. As trade expands, which, of course, as you offshore jobs, it screws everybody here that loses their job, right? But in addition to that, it allows expansionary fiscal policy without the immediate impact of inflation because if I am over in East Bufu somewhere and I'm making things that have to go on a ship, there's a 6 to 12 month time frame between when you order them and when you get delivered half a world away, somehow I have to make sure that I get paid and I have to have enough stuff to not only pay my, my people on the other end, but I also have to buy the materials to make the next batch. So. If I, and if I can't do that, I obviously go out of business. The more risk I can take out of that transaction, and I am forced to take some because of the difference in currencies, but the more I can take out of the transaction, the better I feel about that. And that is why dollars have been used as that sequestration method. Well, the Ukraine-Russia thing blew that up permanently because every nation in the world basically said, well, you know, if you have any tie whatsoever to Russia... We're going to sanction you. We're going to steal your money. Yep. And and as a result, people on the international trade side said, "Well, you know what? Um, I'm not in Russia. I'm not a Russian company. But you just told me that if you don't like something that my government did, you're going to steal all my money. Um, I want. I now want to be paid in local currency because even though my government is a pile of you know what's." Uh, that's less unstable than the risk that you demand I take by doing it. Or, or a Bitcoin-like product. Um, well, no. It, not, it, not yet, it, but crypto, I'm sorry. Cryptocurrencies are even worse. They can, they can be stolen without you actually having to take anything. And, so, and, and the idea that that is somehow going to solve any of these problems is just nonsense. Well, it actually makes it worse. I, I, didn't, I was not speaking of Bitcoin specifically because I agree with you on the the foibles of that thing, and I, but I'm saying the, the the there is some demand out there for shall we say a neutral currency. Yeah, but you, but I see. I don't think you can get there because it, you know. I mean, it, people have said that what's going to happen is the dollar is going to get replaced with FDRs out of the IMF. Okay, and I and I disagree with that because that's subject to the same the same problem that we just had happen. Well, I, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying. It creates, uh, if our government decides to go, which young people don't seem to give a crap, go totally no cash, that I think there's going to be another cash-like uh, like item. I mean, it, oh, of course. I, I just don't know. Yeah, and I don't know what it'll be. I don't know what it'll we, be. We, it is. Yes, I agree with you on that. I mean, whether, whether it will be, uh, boy, I hate like hell it to be the Saudis, but if, if they actually came up with a, if, if somebody who had a boatload of oil, say, we're going to issue paper, and every every dollar, every 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 carl, we'll call it, is worth a gallon of oil. So the thing's worth a hundred bucks or whatever the hell it is. Uh, you're 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 one. You know, there's a one a one a one carl or a, a hundred carls is a hundred bu- is is a, is a barrel of oil, and then you right. cut that down. So you know you know what it was worth, and had some backing to it. I'm not so sure that wouldn't work. I don't know how they pr- procedurally do it, but at least if you know what it was, you could show up with a tanker and get the oil if you had the, a bushel of the things like you used to be able to do with gold. But, but yeah, I'm saying... Right, and that's, it, it, yeah, and, and at least in theory, yes, you're right. I, I think that there's, yeah, there's practical problems with doing oh, yeah. that, but, but I don't know that you're ever going to see it. But the, but the point being, the credit emission now reflects essentially immediately back into the economy 
we're now seeing that pattern reestablished. I'm seeing it in the PPI. I, I, I said this was going to happen with the omnibus and with and with the so-called build back better thing, um, and and that the relaxing that we were seeing in the inflation numbers in the CPI because the CPI is is backward looking. It's what happened last month. Okay, the PPI is forward looking. It's what's going to happen to the CPI because that's the inputs into the production system. And so you're seeing it at a much earlier level. And what, you, what, you, what you've got here in this so-called relaxing is really nothing other than the fact that there was a gap between the last time that they did this and this time. <laughs> okay? And, and so the gap is there. And yeah, okay, uh, fine. But now we're seeing that second impulse. And this is the same mistake that was made in the 1970s, Chief. Yeah, what, what, what do you make of, is it, is it the, P, the PPI number? And I know my answer to this, but I'm going to ask you, is it the PPI number that has you the most concerned, or the fact that everybody's been, you know, lip lip smacking on, on TV for the last three months about how the inflation uh, piece is, is wandered over to the service sector and not the goods sector, which means the Fed is making all this progress? Well, the PPI number was 1.2 increase products and 0.4 service, so it's exactly the opposite of all these idiots been saying. Well, it's even worse than that. Yeah. If, if you take food and energy out. Okay, because you know, and I know everybody has to buy them, but they are volatile. All right, so take those out of there. You had a seven four annualized rate in both goods and services. Okay, but I mean, the, the how did that's, I mean that's horrifyingly bad. How 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 could how do we change the vernacular all the time? Obviously, you're always concerned. We've changed the definition of a vaccine. Well, when when I was I was around, I mean, uh, when when the, when the food and energy was, I'm going to say the term should be, uh, they should be looked at separately. It doesn't mean you take it out of there. Taking them out of there is a whole different connotation, like you just said. Yeah, well, uh, it, the, the the problem is is that we we don't want to stabilize these things. Okay, this is one that Trump. For all of Trump's craziness, and there was plenty of it, the one thing that he did say was that, and tried to do to some extent, was to have the United States obtain its energy sources within the United States. Yes. All right, now he didn't do a perfect job of it. In fact, he did a, a, the, the fact that he was willing to try to subsidize all this green stuff and continue down that path is, is absolutely idiotic. And like it or not, uh, we're going to pay for that if it's not if, if we don't stop it. There's I don't I don't know whether people like the fact or don't like the fact. The fact of the matter is is that modern society is built on carbon based fuels, and and we can't do anything about that. Uh, the best thing that we could manage to do would be to use fission uh, extensively. The easiest way to do that in a way that allows us to transmute carbon into forms that are very useful to us. Uh, would be to use thorium-based reactors because they run at a higher temperature. But nobody wants to go down this road, even though we proved it work at ORNL back in the 1950s and 1960s. Um, it, it, there's engineering challenges with anything that we haven't deployed out widely yet, and there still are those there. There's, there's people say, oh, well, it'll never work because there's engine, unsolved engineering challenges. Well, you know what? There are unsolved engineering challenges with Golden Gate Bridge, too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they solved them. The bridge is still there. Yeah. Well, so, there's no doubt. I mean, you, but I, I think um, where there, what was I going to say? You, 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 you ticked me on something that was so important that I, that I forgot it. Keep going. Keep going. 
So you yeah, can, so I mean, basically, essentially what this comes down to is that if, if you go where the data leads you, when you can show me how to get 110,000 BTUs of stored energy into a one-gallon liquid-sized container that masses seven pounds, including the container, all right, six for the gasoline, another one for the container, and you can do that on a regular basis, every day, bog standard, with no risk of it not happening tomorrow because it's it, there's clouds in the sky, um, then, yeah, we, we can use something else for transportation fuels. Do we, and, and we can use something else to generate energy for, you know, to make electricity so your lights work and your refrigerator runs. If we do not stop this craziness and at the same time think that we can have a westernized, modern-day standard of living, we're going to get a big surprise. We had this, and it's not going to be fun, we had this cold snap here in Tennessee. TVA, of course, produces essentially all of the electricity, not just for Tennessee, but for several states surrounding it. They were 30% short of their nameplate rating in the middle of that freak. Yeah, you were saying 30%. That. But I think also, Carl, I mean, we're not, I don't think as a society, we're not collectively all that dumb. I mean, we a lot of stuff we can't get informed on because we don't have time, but I think that most people, I mean, you know, I live in a city, okay, so... I, but I mean, if I were where Audrey lives, uh, I mean, she has kind of a regular house in Orland. But but if if she was a little further west in like Homer Glen or someplace where we had more property, and maybe you had a detached garage, and everybody has to drive everywhere out there, I mean, you can't walk anyplace. Uh, right. So so the idea of my third car, if Audrey and I were together, if I could put a solar array on the, on the garage, and the third car would be. Either car or truck would be electric, and I would just DC and charge the thing, you know, from from the garage and my, maybe my exterior lights and so forth. And at a, at, a, at, a, at a nice price, could be driven by the solar. And for me to come at this a little at a time in an intelligent manner, and I think we're we're probably at the point where anybody with a a big I'll use the term spread like they used to call it in Western movies probably could get twenty percent of their power from solar or something or maybe have a windmill should everybody be moving towards that stage yeah i mean i i, I mean and if it, uh, if uh, oh i disagree i disagree with you entirely chief right. and the reason is is that you, the only way that this works economically or thermodynamically is if you externalize the costs both from an ecological point of view and from a labor and, and price point of view and that's exactly what we've done with this this is a scam you have to dig a half a million pounds of earth up in order to get the lithium to make one lithium battery. We have 10-year-old kids in the Congo okay, I'm, I'm, doing slavery you, you and I to are, get the cobalt that has to go in there. You, you, you and I are going to uh, disagree on the on the on where the line is. You're going to say the line is more like 10% of the energy, and I use the term 25. And you know what? You know way more about this than me. But I'm saying at some level, even if I throw up a windmill, that, and, I'm, and with no battery. Oh, it helps. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely. Yeah. yeah, sure, it helps. But here's but here's the reality of all of these energy sources, these so-called renewable energy sources. You have to put up three to four times as much in nameplate rating to actually get the power you want because it's not reliable. Well, I don't disagree. All right. So, so when you look at this and say, "Well, I'm going to have ten kilowatts of solar panels." 
because that's what supposedly these things produce. No, they don't. On average, they produce three. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is, if I had... Well, so you got to put 30 to get care. I, I, I get that. But my point is, at some level, even if you were to have a farm now or something, you'd find a way to get 5% of your power from the sun. I mean, if it, you, I mean if you're, you're not at zero. I'm, I'm saying we're no longer at zero. You're saying we're, no, we're not at 25 yet. I think we're both right. Oh, yeah, but see, the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, you have to look at the alternatives, okay? The, the western part, the, the, well, not just the western, the north and western part of Texas became land that you could farm because they took wind and used it to pump water out of the ground. Yeah, okay. All right, all right so, and, but there wasn't an alternative that made any better sense. But how many people out there who are farming today use a windmill, an old-style farmer's windmill, to pump the water out of the ground instead of using electrical power? And the answer is zero, yeah, zero. because it doesn't make sense. Well, I'm saying, in some applications, I, I read this the stupid stuff I read, Carl. Actually, you'd be the only guy who'd read the stupid stuff like me, I do. Somehow I got hold of this thing about the Sears Tower. You're familiar with it. It was now Willis Tower. And how, yeah. how the thing was built in the early 70s. I actually went down and watched it just being built. Uh, maybe it was the late 60s. But the uh, how it's all single-pane windows and how inefficient it is and blah, blah, blah. So, right. somebody, so somebody put together some sort of a, a, a total redo of the thing. You know, how much it would cost and what it would gain. But th- they, they talked about double-pane in the windows. And since the thing is built, you know, one stops at the 20th floor, the other one stops at the 30th floor, that type of thing. That if you took every one of those platforms and made them some sort of green space and put maybe eight to ten of these little, what are the little windmills that look like a globe and they just spin? They're not, they don't have the big. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. He said if you put eight to ten of those things up there, there's always wind up there, <laughs> basically. Well, right, yeah. yeah. So I said if you did that and you, and you, you fixed the windows and you did all this other stuff, it would cost X, but you would you would save enough power and, and by the, the windmills they're not they're not generating enough to you know to run the place but they're they're giving you something and it, the, the amount you would save was like was like a town of 10,000 houses or something some huge number of how much how much not maybe not 10,000 but but how much energy you waste through single pane buildings windows on a building that I mean, you can do an amazing amount of of stuff just by looking at what you have now and, and fixing it some of it's passive. Oh, some sure. Of it's I mean, it's you know when, it, when I when I bought this house, one of the first things I did was go buy a, a, a handful of cans of that expanding spray foam. That stuff's great, isn't it? And and went around you know the electrical boxes outside and the you know the places where you know I mean just just for stupid stuff like the you know the lights on the side of the house, right? Yeah. Nobody seals these things up. You seal those up, it cuts the air infiltration tremendously, and it and it cuts your power bill both in the winter and in the summer. Well, these are and and, and that can of spray foam was was five bucks. I've never once had a Department of Energy person who's head who's either head of uh, the Republicans or the Democrats say our biggest single waste of energy is in homes that aren't insulated and sealed up properly, and we're going to help people do that. Not once. Uh, it, it costs nothing. Yeah, costs nothing. Okay, I mean, that now, when you start getting into, you know, once, once you do the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff, the rest of the stuff gets expensive right. fast. Well, you start replacing the, is, yeah. If you just went around and you handed everybody in America that, that has a house, if you handed them five cans of that stuff and told them how to use it, you'd make a tremendous difference in the power consumption. Sure you would, sure you would. So, uh, the, uh, when, when is this going to, last question, we got a dash, when is this going to start leaking through to CPI? 
Well, you're going to see it start to show up in about two to three more months, and by summer, it is going to be a conflagration. What about what if they ever turn this rent number around and actually show that it's thirty percent of uh, people's salary instead of seven? Oh God! You know that. You know the funny thing is, is I'm expecting them to pl- to jigger the OER number next because it that number, the way it's calculated, is going to show rising impact on inflation, even if house prices are going down. Well, yeah, and I, I mentioned we had no, no time here, but I'm going to say yesterday I was ranting and raving about how these new contracts for some of these people, now unless it's in the fine print, do not have cost of living increases. And what I forgot to yeah. mention, Carl, if, if I was to jam one of those into a contract, there's no way I could use a CPI. I think that thing's a lying piece of crap. I mean, what, what would I yeah, use? Yeah, it's absolute garbage. What would I use? In, in the 70s, I used it and didn't really think of it. I thought it was fair. Now I don't think it's fair at all. Anyway, we'll talk at you next I, week. I, uh, you'd have to take it out. I, I, there isn't an official number that you could use to stand up. You know, stand up. No, I, I, have a good week, buddy. SP Futures down 22, and SP Futures down 90. Back on um, Tuesday, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.